Have you ever felt like quitting something? Have you quit something this week? Okay, me, I quit my class for school. Okay, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Have you just really felt like giving up? Like you just couldn't do it? For some reason, nothing is changing. You keep moving, you keep walking, you keep trying, you keep praying, you keep going and going and going, and nothing seems to be moving, nothing seems to be changing, nothing is shifting. But you're trying. Maybe it's something like a relationship that you've been praying for. You've been praying for that other person that they just finally would get it, that you get whatever it is that God has for him, that you've been praying for them, but nothing seems to be changing. Or maybe you've been praying for a baby, and you've been praying and praying and praying, but nothing seems to be happening You've been praying for that job. You've been praying for that um, paycheck to come in. Or maybe you've been praying for your future spouse. And you're just like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Is he lost? Did you, have you guys seen him? Can you direct him? 5604 North 24th Street. I'm here uh, on the weekdays too. So if you happen to know where he is, you just keep praying and praying, you keep moving, you keep trying, you keep doing everything you know to do. But nothing seems to be changing. You come in here Sunday after Sunday and you look around and you think, why do I not have that type of relationship? Lord, I'm trying. I wanna hear you. I wanna know you more. But Sunday after Sunday, you come in, and it feels like there's no difference. There's no change. It gets exhausting. You get tired. We get tired of doing the same thing over and over, circling and circling and circling. And I just think of NASCAR, okay? They're just like, why do they circle that many times? Do they not know what's up ahead? Like, <laughs> 200 laps, mind you. 200 laps doing the same thing over and over and over again. We grew up, and I'm, I'm from the South, and um, we grew up mainly here, but NASCAR was a big deal for us. And we would, on Sundays, even once we moved here, we, on Sunday afternoons, we'd be watching NASCAR. And guess what I would say? Let me know when you're on lap 180, Okay, and then I'm going to come back and watch the end of the race. We like to see progress. We don't want us to see people going around in circles for evidently no reason. But for some reason, the last 20 laps is like, yes, there's a finish line. Now I want to come in. Now all of a sudden, I'm Jeff Gordon's biggest fan when I wasn't his fan 180 laps before that. This circling, it gets tiring when we don't see progress when we can't see the finish line, when we don't know where it is, when we don't know when it's going to break. But I am here to tell you, someone in here needs to hear this. Keep going. Your breakthrough is on its way. Keep pushing, keep pressing, keep circling that thing, keep trying and keep giving it to God because guess what? You don't know how close you are. 
for the fulfillment of that prayer to be tangible in your life. This is where we find the Israelites this morning. In Joshua 6, one of my favorite um, stories in scripture. And we're in this series called In the OT. My dad, the lead pastor, Kurt, is out of town. Um, So is Dr. Dan. So I just thought, yeah, let the little kids play. So all the adults are gone. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Also, I want to say, I know that I'm like notorious for doing long sermons. I have a watch on. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) It really does not work. It's all for looks. Okay, so there's my confession. I felt like I couldn't tell you the truth about that while I'm standing up here. Okay, we're going to go into Joshua 6. And the Israelites, we find them circling. Circling the city of Jericho, around and around, day after day, until their prayer is answered and the walls fall down. That's hope for us today. So we're going to dive into this in just a moment, but a little background on the Israelites. See, they had just been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years after their parents This group is different. Their parents were enslaved in Egypt. They wandered around in the wilderness, and then they entered the promised land. And Joshua, who is, who this book is about, but Joshua is actually, he succeeded Moses. He was a powerful leader, a humble man, and a warrior. He's already fought all of these battles. He's gone and he was a spy, and he knew, the people knew that they could trust Joshua. So Joshua leads them across the Jordan River. It splits, they walk across it, dry, just dry land. Red Sea and the, and the Jordan River. It happens twice. So after they cross over the Jordan, they go into the Promised Land. Now they're in Canaan. They walk in, and what's the first thing they get to see? These massive walls of Jericho. Massive walls. Researchers say that this is the oldest city in the world. It's like a fortress. I mean, people would walk up there and they wouldn't even mess with them. They wouldn't fight them at all because it was that impenetrable. And actually, I learned that there were two walls that archaeologists have actually found today. There were two walls. There was an outer wall of Jericho and the inner city wall. So the outer wall is six feet wide, my wings, bigger than my wingspan, and at least about 15 feet high. Then there was a little outer court, and then you come into the middle, and there was the city walls, six feet wide, at the tallest, about 28, some say even taller walls. That's how massive this thing is. They're in the promised land. God had finally given the land that he promised Abraham over 400 years before that. They walked into their promised land, and there's a massive wall. (gasps) Wait, wait, what? Wait, God, you said that this is our promised land, but every step that we take, there's going to be something else that we have to face, that God's kind of working in us. See, these kids didn't know what it was like to grow up in Egypt. They had to be trained in battle. They had to train, God had to train them himself how to have faith in him and him alone. So we enter in in Joshua 6, 1 through 5, as we read this morning. 
says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. With the priests blowing the trumpet continually, I might add, When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Yay. (laughs) What? (laughs) What did you just say? You just said for us to walk around the walls. Okay, got to get some priests, got to get the holy guys in there. Um, We're going to get some trumpets, the ram's horns. We are going to get our warriors, just in case something breaks out. And uh, we're going to walk around this city one time, and then again, and again, and again, and again, until the seventh day. We're going to do it seven times, and the walls are just going to collapse because we're shouting? That would be my response. (laughs) This is not Joshua. See, Joshua heard what God said in verse 2. Can you put that back up there? See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Not I will, not I might, not maybe if you do this. He says, I already have future tense before it's ever occurred. God said, I've given you the victory, it is finished before it began. It is finished. Does that ring a bell? These are Jesus's last words as he is about to give up his spirit to his father on the cross. Jesus says, it is finished. Jesus knew before the world was even created and before it began that he would have to die on the cross for our sins so that that chasm between us and the Father that happened when sin entered the world, that he would come and he would die and he would rise again because he defeated death and now we have access to the Father. So before the beginning of time, victory is finished. Someone needs to hear that today. Victory is already yours. You can fight, you can pray, you can press from a place of victory because he has already delivered you an answer to the prayer that you have been praying. But we have a process in the waiting. So Joshua took him at his word. He called the troops. And in verse 6 through 9, it says, So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance! March around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed behind the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. They started circling Jericho. They started circling their problem. 
the thing, the wall that was in front of them, they started circling this problem. And as I started thinking about this, and I wrote it down, and this is what we have to do to press on to the promise. See, God tells them, press on. I, my promises I've already delivered in, into your hands. That's our promise today. He's already delivered it into our hands, but there's a strategy, there's a battle plan, there's a game plan, if you will, to come. And the first thing, as we press on to the promise, is we've got to circle the problem. Prayer. I wanted to put this up here to show you something. As I was praying this week and I wrote this down and I'm like, i got to circle the problem, God. That's what it is. We've got to circle the thing that looks so massive in front of us, the, the debt that we can't get out of, the, the relationship that just seems like it's weighing on us. What is this? This problem. And he said, Allie, and this is not audible, but I will tell you one thing. When the Spirit talks to you, it's not audible, but it's like, whoa, I know I wouldn't have had that thought. That's the spirit, probably, okay? Or, or your dad, if he's the preacher. <laughs> it's just like, wow! Sometimes I'm like, did Kurt? <laughs> like, where'd you just come from? Sometimes I get him and Jesus confused. He said to me, the Holy Spirit said, Allie, <laughs> it is not your problem to solve. It is your prayer to say. It is not your problem to be solved. It is your prayer to be spoken. So I had to show you because I had to go on this journey this week. Because then I realized if we're circling, if this is Jericho, and, and Jericho is our problem, I don't want to trip. I'm going to be Josiah's problem later. <laughs> okay. Ooh. All right. So if we start circling our Jericho, if Josiah thinks about how mad he is at me over and over again, if we start circling our Jericho and say Jericho is that relationship, Jericho is the finances, Jericho is the house that needs to sell, Jericho is the test that you need to pass, Jericho is the parent that you're hard to get along, it's hard to get along with, Jericho... Um, could be as simple as buying a refrigerator. <laughs> Jericho could be a problem and you don't know what to do with it. And so as long as you are facing this, this problem in your life and you just focus on the problem, what happens is, is we start to get obsessed with the problem. Well, okay, well this person, I just, this person that I work with is just so annoying and you know, honestly, like I need to be praying for them. So, Lord, hear what I'm saying. They're just really annoying, okay? Um, can you please help me bear with them in love, as it says in Ephesians? Um, and, oh, my goodness, she did this, she did that, she did this. All of a sudden, you start to get annoyed. You start to get frustrated. Those walls get bigger, and you're just like, I don't even want to go to work anymore. I'm just so frustrated. Because you keep circling the problem. You keep looking at all of the things that make it hard to deal with. You start looking at all the things that are tangible in human aspect. But see, when God says to see I've delivered you, he's asking you to see with a new perspective. So your perspective and your prayers have got to start changing. So you start walking around, Lord, give me patience. You said that you give us fruit of the Spirit. Lord, give her 
patience, maybe with me. Lord God, give this job that you have in store for me, wherever it may be, Lord, I'm continually lifting it up to you. These finances that I'm having problems with, Lord, I see it. It's right there. But you promised me that you're my provider. So I'm going to circle that with prayer. I know that you will never leave me, nor you will never forsake me. You've promised me that in your word. So we need to start changing this, picking up our word, picking up the promises, and start circling our promise, circling our problem with the promises that are given to us. He says that he will not leave the brokenhearted. If it's that, that's you today. That's in here. He says that he will be your strength. If you are tired, he says he'll be that for you. That's in here. Promises that we need to pray over our problems until we see breakthrough in God's timing because he just might be working something in you. So what is your Jericho this morning? What is the problem that's standing in your way, that big wall in your life that you're not sure is going to come down? When we look at this as a problem, we, we get our hands, I mean, it's, thing, it's our thing to solve. Like I just, all of a sudden I saw an Rubik's Cube in my hand, so we're going with it. Okay, so... <laughs> It's like in a Rubik's Cube, you're trying to figure it out, but oh my goodness, it never is working. If you are one of those people who can figure that out, you're not in this illustration. It's, there are 99% of the rest of us around here, okay? <laughs> and you're figuring it out, and you're holding tightly, and it's frustrating, and you put it down, and you pick it back up, and you're just like, why can I not get at least one side with all the colors? That's the problem. But if we do it with prayer, it's like, Lord, here it is but I'm going to take my hands off of this and I'm going to present it to you. I'm still in it. I'm still holding it up to you. This is still here, but I'm giving it to you so that you can do whatever you want to with it in me and in them, in me and in that situation, in me and in my community. It's a relationship God wants to have with us is prayer. He wants to show that he's involving us in this. Joshua gets to be involved. They get to circle. They get to walk. They get to be a part of the victory. Because God wanted them to be. He wants you to be a part of the victory. We just have to decide if we're going to start circling. This reminds me of a book called The Circle Maker that I read a few years back. And it might be the reason why I fell in love with this story so much. By Mark Batterson. And it says this. God has determined that certain expressions of his power will only be exercised in response to prayer. Simply put, God won't do it unless you pray it. We have, we have not because we ask not. Or maybe I should say we have not because we circle not. <laughs> the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. We serve a God who wants to answer our prayers, but this is not a name it, claim it deal. When we ask him, he will answer. He's promised us that, but the answer might look different than you think it will. So we can ask him, but as long as we release it, then he can answer it to us in the way that he sees best fit for my life and for the people around me. We have this tendency to only see our lives, our lives, how it's affecting us, but God can see Paula's life. God can see all the way over here to Jeremiah's life. He can see how our, all of our lives can intersect by answering this one prayer. 
So he will give us the best answer. He's already delivered the answer. So we can walk in victory and ask him to do it. Because he wants us to be a part of it. To prove this, <laughs> the circling is not a name it, claim it. But I will say that there's something to this. I, w- I bought a house last February, a year and a half ago actually. But I started looking in April of 2017. I was actually just looking to rent. I was not trying to buy a house, but my mom's a realtor, so I was like, okay, I'll buy it. No, she's not like that. If you know Jen, she's not not like that at all. So I started praying, and I just decided I'm going to start circling this thing. So I literally wrote down in my journal all the things that I really wanted in a place. I used to live in one bedroom. I wanted two bedrooms because I wanted to learn how to be hospitable, okay? (laughs) Still working on that one. Anyways, sorry, Lord, we'll get there. And I started praying all of these little little things that almost seemed like too much, but hey, I'm gonna ask for it. I did not want to have not because I asked not, you know? So I started circling this in April. I wanted to move out by August, but nothing came up. I could have settled somewhere else, but nothing came up. I was like, this is not what the Lord has for me yet. He ha- hasn't answered the prayer yet. So August came around, and I'm like, ooh, that means I'm going to have to move somewhere else in the meantime, a.k.a. my younger sister's house. If that wasn't a little bit, like, really humbling, uh, I moved in with Tori and Bryce in August, and I was like, guys, I promise only till December. Don't ever trust anyone when they say that. No one. So I started praying. I was still praying. I was living in their house. Come late September, early October, my mom found this community that was close by that was being built. And she went in, she's like, Allie, you have to go see this place. I'm like, Mom, I'm not, that's not what I really want. It's not even built yet. I'm going to have to wait longer. She's like, Allie, please just go. So I did. I went there. And mind you, I did not, I was like, there's no way. This is not, this is not what it is. The salesperson wasn't there that day. So actually the builder showed me around. And we got there and it's everything that I had wanted And more than that. And I just was like, I can't, this isn't it, Lord. I'm going to still circle this and pray. This is a little bit out of my my little budget here. And uh, what do I do? Because it seems like you're answering a prayer, but my, my finances don't seem to match up. I didn't do anything about it. Kept praying on it. We went back to the builder. They're like, you know what? We're just going to knock the whole premium off for you. Knock this off for you. Knock for the, oh, oh, you mean that's exactly what I said I would pay for it? Okay. Like, angels but here's the deal I did I prayed for it I circled it and what seems silly in this lifetime as a house I wanted to do this with God I wanted to be in the right place where he wanted me to be and I had to wait that long because when I started praying in April my house wasn't even starting to be built yet someone needs to hear that the prayer that you're starting right now the prayer that you're having right now the thing that you're asking God for maybe those things those little things that have to line up they haven't even started happening yet but if we keep praying and we keep pressing and we keep pushing onto the promise that he is going to answer us he will come through just at the right time with exactly what you need We've got to embrace the process. So first we have to circle the prayer, and then we have to embrace this process. This is not the fun part, everybody. Okay, let's just go ahead and know that. In Joshua 6, 10 through 13, it says, But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not 
give a war cry. Do not raise your voice. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed behind the ark of the Lord. Have you guys memorized this yet? Okay. <laughs> All while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once, and then they returned to the camp. They did this for six days. <laughs> this, this actually struck me really hard, what I'm about to tell you about this passage. And some of you might know this. Okay, it was news to me. Joshua never told them how long it was going to take. Joshua just said, everybody, round the troops. We're about to go for a walk. And then he's like, okay, everybody go home. In scripture, now he might have in there, but it is not recorded in scripture that he ever actually told them this was going to take seven days. We're going to circle once every day, and on the seventh day, we're going to circle seven times, and at the end of it, we're going to shout. The walls are going to crash down. No, what he told them is that we are going to circle, and we are going to circle. <laughs> the next day, get up. Okay, you guys, it's time to go back. I just, I'm just saying, that kind of blew my mind. Because, of course, it would be easier if we always knew how many circles we had to do. If they knew that it was going to take 13 laps. We bet, all right, I got 13 in me. I just thought of, when I was in college, I played volleyball in college, and we used to have to do planks all the time. We'd be working out. I don't even know where this is going, so here we go. Okay, so we're holding, you hold the plank, and whenever the... Do you guys know what a plank is? I feel like I don't know how to do that. Okay. All right. So you just hold it, but it's like this way. And you count. So your coach is counting. When they count and they're like 10 seconds left, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. You're like, okay, I can do it because I know it's 30 seconds. I got this. I can do anything for 30 seconds. If they just say, hold it until I tell you to stop, you're just like, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, you're just like, hold in there, and you don't know when it's coming. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, it's only been five seconds. You're like, oh, my gosh, we've been doing this for three hours. <laughs> Isn't it strange how time and the reference of how much we have to do can push us? But that's the thing is, in life, we don't actually get that. We don't get to know exactly when that prayer is going to be answered. We don't actually know when that check is going to come through. We don't actually know when that job that we need is going to be presented to us. So we got to keep pushing, keep going, keep pressing on to the promise. Circle that prayer and embrace the process. Joshua tells them, shh. Don't say a word. Don't even give a, don't give a war cry. Don't raise your voice. Don't say a word. Silence. It makes me think of kids in a car on a road trip. Anybody want to play the silent game? This is why I don't have children. <laughs> I get it now. Okay, okay. No, I know. I haven't found him yet. All right, so we play this silent game because what happens is, is they just say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Two minutes later, um, how long is this going to take? When we were growing up, a lot of times we had to drive back and forth from Texas to Arkansas because it's the only way we could afford to get all of our family 
back and forth. Um, but I always remember, uh, Tori, you're really getting picked on this morning. But hey, that's what you get for sitting on the front row. Anybody next week? Okay. Um, Dr. Dan will fire at you. <laughs> she used to love the show Arthur. About 30 minutes long, right? So we would be going up to Arkansas from Texarkana when we lived there. Our grandparents' house up there is about mm, two and a half Arthur shows, okay? So we used to tell her, Tori's like, how long is it going to take? We're like, two and a half Arthur shows. How long is it to church? Half of an Arthur show. Like, this is how we explain time to Tori for, till last year. Like... <laughs> imagine like wouldn't this be like what if he was like Joshua like are we there yet he's like one more Arthur show every lap took about half an hour sometimes up to an hour and mind you 600,000 troops walking together in silence while the trumpets are playing how creepy if you're a Jerichoite I'd just be like what is going on the fear of the Lord would be in me I'll tell you that much but he's like, silence, because what happens when we just keep talking, we start complaining. We start asking questions that are not going to be helpful for us. We're going to start saying these things. We're going to start nitpicking. We're going to start doing these things that the Lord does not want us to do. In the meantime, he's just like, silence is your strength right now. I'm working on your behalf. Keep walking. Keep going. But trust me, trust me in the silence. The next thing in the process is the fact that he says, keep circling. Don't give up. They had to keep going, keep going. So we got a circle of prayer, and now we just got to keep going. <laughs> Start the circle, keep the circle going. So often we want to give up, and I just need to tell you, don't quit this process because he is with you wherever you go and however long it takes. The Ark of the Covenant went around with them. This is, the this is a sign of the presence of the Lord, and the trumpets went with them. This is a sound of victory. So everywhere they went, they had the presence, and they had the promise. No matter how long it takes you to walk around for that answered prayer to come through, know that if you are seeking him, if you are asking him, then you have his presence, and you have his promise. And that's all you need to get there. And guess what? You can go to sleep. The third thing in the process, there's silence. There's circling, and then there's sleep. They went after one circle each day and went to bed. They went to bed. They had no idea how long this was going to take or what was going to happen, but they went to sleep because the ark came back to the camp with them. The trumpets came back to the camp with them. They had the presence. They had the promise. They could go to sleep. Some of you are up at night worried, frantic, filled with anxiety. Trust me, I get there a lot. And he's saying, if you have me and you know the promise, you can go to bed. I do not sleep. I do not slumber. That is what the scripture promises of God the Father. He is always moving, always working, even while you're sleeping. And maybe it would be better for you if you would just, yeah, for a little bit. <sighs> He's like, thank you. I got seven hours for this girl to go to bed. <laughs> he wants you to rest. Rest. Knowing that he is on the move. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. But rest. He will come through 
Embrace the process. And the last one is this. We've got to start praising him. We've got to start praising him. See, when we're pressing on the promise and we circle the prayer and we embrace this process, if we can just know that he has already answered it and we can praise him before it ever happens, what kind of confidence that would give us while we're walking around the walls, knowing that victory could be one step away. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. Actually, they circled 13 times. Don't stop on 12. This doesn't flow. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. Uh, last week I was up in Sedona or a couple weeks ago with our friends, and uh, we were trying to find this place to take a picture. And because I know where it is, it's like a beautiful spot. We had been hiking for a couple hours and we were hungry. And everybody's like, let's go back. And I'm like, but the spot, it's so beautiful. You've got to experience it. It's Sedona. So I'm like, guys, 10 more minutes. Don't stop on six. <laughs> So then I started using this phrase, and I have been for a while, don't stop on six. And we kept going about 10 minutes later, we found the picture spot. They weren't as impressed as I was, but whatever. <laughs> but we didn't stop, and we found it. We found the place because we didn't stop. When an airplane, have you guys, has anybody been in an airplane when it has to circle before it lands? Stephanie Brigowatz, you are, and Marie, our flight attendants in here are like, yes, many a times. When you are circling, and you're like at your destination, but you're just circling around your destination because a storm or somebody other's planes were like late, and you have to wait to get in line in the air. I don't know how it all works, but you're circling. You're circling, and you get frustrated. How often do we get frustrated that we're circling in the air in an airplane? It's like, oh, I'm gonna be 10 minutes late. Would you really want to land right now? Would you? Because if you landed right when you wanted to, instead of circling for just the right time, you will crash into another plane. You will make the little spot in between the two planes landing way too small to where maybe you're going to get hurt, other people are going to get hurt, other people's planes are going to get hurt. It's going to set everybody else's schedule off because now there's a plane on the runway that shouldn't be there. Everything gets pushed back because you wanted to land that plane right then. But what we didn't know, what the pilot saw, what the people in the controls tower see, is when the perfect time is for your plane to land. That's God. He knows that you're circling around this, but he also knows everything else that's coming into play and what's about to come to pass. And he's like, I know in the fullness of time right when that prayer needs to land and to an answer. Give him praise. In Joshua 6, 14 through 16, it says, On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded and the trumpet blasts, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Let's pause for just a second. The seventh day, seven times, seven circles, seven priests, seven trumpets, seven matters. When things are repeated in the Bible over and over again, take note of what's going on here. 
The seven matters. It is about perfection. In scripture, it means perfection, but when it has to do with time, it means the fullness of time. So on that seventh day, in the fullness of time, it is now time for them to shout. But mind you, it says, Joshua commanded, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. A brick still hasn't fallen. They still did not know what was going to happen when they shouted. The city was there before it ever happened because they decided to praise him. They decided to listen to him and to shout to him, believing in fullness that he would answer the prayer. That if we just press on to the promise he's already given to us and we circled that prayer, yeah, we've embraced this process, yeah, then guess what? We can give him praise for the fact that he's going to bring it about in fullness of time. So we should just start praising and standing in victory of what is to come. It is coming your way. The victory is coming. And it goes on to say, as it is up there on the screen, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, and when the men gave a loud shout, the walls, then the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight ahead in, straight in, and they took the city. They claimed it. They got their answer. One down, multiple battles to go. <laughs> Sorry about it, okay? What's that one saying? The, war, the reward of a battle is a greater battle. But what God's trying to teach us in this process, in this movement, in this sound, that he is saying, I've given you the, the victory. Praise is a weapon. Praise is what makes the walls fall down. So the trumpets sounded, the men shouted, the enemy was shocked and those walls shook to the ground. In a moment, and actually researchers say that they would, that there was an earthquake that caused Jericho's walls to fall down. Well, yeah, think of that holy roar. <laughs> holy roar, oh my goodness, Batman, like 600,000 men yelling and praising at the top of their lungs and trumpets sounding. Of course it's going to cause something to happen on the Richter scale. God, the God of the universe who created it, moved in that moment when his people decide to shout before they ever saw it happen in front of them. But to give him praise, he said, yeah, I'm going to move now. I'm going to move now. Don't stop. By faith, it says in Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith. It fell by our faith and our faith in the Father, his faithfulness. Those two interlinked by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. And after the army had marched around them for seven days, it was by their faith. So what is your Jericho? What is God wanting to build faith in with you? He's wanting to build those faith muscles so we're strong to walk this thing out so that we're consistent to keep going and to keep going when we know that we are seeking after him. The world needs to see people of consistency, people of perseverance, people of an endurance when we're in a world where everybody quits and everybody stops all the time. Everything's lost value, but God's saying, no, keep going. I have something to show you. So if the band can come up as we close this morning.
it's time to press on to the promise. He has delivered it into your hands. To circle the prayer, keep circling that prayer. Or maybe you haven't ever started circling a prayer. But today is the day you're going to start. Today is the day you realize it's time I start circling some things. I know that there is, there can be bad circling in life. Let me explain. The 40 years in the wilderness was a bad cycle. They were circling. Actually, they were wandering. I'm not even sure they were circling. But they were in a cycle. They were going round and round and they were complaining and they were murmuring. And they would rather go back to Egypt and be a slave than be free and wondering and walking where God was asking them to go. Because they were just circling. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been at the place where I would go out every single weekend. I would keep the same friends, go to the same places, go do all of those things, just wondering and wondering why nothing in my life was changing. So the circling I'm talking about here is when we're seeking, when we're following after God, and we're asking him to do something with this prayer. But I'm telling you, some of you might be stuck in a cycle over here that the Israelites in the 40 years that you've got to break out of. It's time to break camp and advance. Break out of that cycle. Be the first person to break camp and advance just as much as Joshua said in verse 7. Advance. March around that city. It is time to break out of that cycle and into the circle of prayer and of promise. The enemy wants you to doubt God's plan, God's purpose, God's timing. God's promise so, so that you just stop. You stop praying. You stop pressing. You stop pushing. You stop asking. You stop walking. That's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to quit, to stop one lap away from receiving your promise. And better yet, he would rather, he would love it if you would quit before you even start that first lap. Because what happens with each step, we go stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So he knows it's going to be harder to get you to stop walking down here when you've been walking 12 laps. But if he can just get you to stop on one, two, or three, not today. Not today, Satan. Not in this house. It is time as God's people, we rise up and we believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. He's given you the victory. He has everything you need because what if my parents stopped praying for me when I was wandering? Parents, keep praying. I'm standing in here as a testimony to the prayers of my parents. Keep praying. What if my grandparents didn't pray for future generations? Where would I be? Where would our church be? What if we stopped praying for our nation? What if we stopped? It is broken. We have a nation that needs to be healed of racism, of abuse, of misogyny, of hatred towards our brothers. We have a nation that needs to be healed. But what if we stop praying because it just looks like it's gotten too bad? We serve the God of the impossible. 
the walls of Jericho, a fortress that they said did not, could not be penetrated. God just in a shout made the whole thing fall down. You think he can't do that for our nation, for your family, for your finances? He sees you. Or what if we just start circling? What if we get up today and we say, today is the day I start circling. I keep circling. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep keep going. Victory is at hand. Let's no longer look at it as a problem to be solved, but a prayer to be spoken. Then we'll begin to march differently. If everyone can stand with me. In Joshua 23, 14, it says, After all of the battles they faced, Jericho, only being the first one of them in the promised land, at the very end of his life, this is Joshua, he says, Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Someone needs to hear that. Every promise has been fulfilled, fulfilled, and not one has failed. Not one promise. The word is full of over 3,500 promises, and not one of them has ever failed. That's a pretty good track record. So if you're wondering what your promise is today, what is it that God has for me today? What does he want to say about my situation? Start here. He has it right here for you. What is your Jericho? Think about that. Lord, what is my Jericho? What is the thing that you run into like a wall and you can't seem to get around and you think it's too big for God to move or maybe it's just blocking your view from your promised land? What is your Jericho? And God gave me this vision when I was, sorry, I'm going, okay. God gave me this vision when I was praying over this because lately this last year I felt like I was just pushing against this wall and it's been tough for me this last year and I haven't shared it on so many levels, but if you're close, you know how hard it has been for me to keep stepping in faith, praying for things that I've been praying for for years that I haven't seen happen. And there was this wall when I was praying about it and I just said, Lord, I am pushing and I am pushing and I'm slipping and nothing seems to be moving. I I just pictured I was in mud and I was just like falling to the ground and then laying there and then getting back up and pushing. And then all of a sudden, God gave me a different perspective and he showed me that the wall was actually inching forward with each push. I couldn't see it while I was pushing because it wasn't that massive. But then all of a sudden this last July, everything started to fall. These prayers that I've been praying for years are starting to come to fruition and I can see that God is laying the groundwork for these things. Breakthrough has happened. I'm living, I'm, what I'm preaching to you today, I've lived through and I'm working through and I'm just trying to impart to you an encouragement. Don't give up, keep going. What is your Jericho? Give it over to him. Not as a problem, but as a prayer. And keep going. Embrace the process and trust and rest in him. So this morning, as we respond and as we sing, the altars are open. It's time for us to start walking again. 
in the promise and the victory that he has for us? What is that thing that you need to pray for one more time? That thing that you need to lay back down at the feet of Jesus? What is that thing? What is your Jericho? Let's lay it down and let's come around each other and pray for it in victory, knowing that when we lay it down, he's already got a plan to answer it for you so that we can get up and know that he is good, his promises are true, and he's going to answer us. So Heavenly Father, come and show us. Each one of us have a different problem that we're facing, Lord. You know the prayers that I've been praying, Lord, that have yet to come to pass, but I know that if I just keep walking and doing it again, Lord, that you will come through. Your presence is with us. Your promise has already been spoken to us, and that is all we need, the strength that we need to keep marching on. Be in this time. Reveal it to us and give us the strength to start walking. Give us the strength to keep walking and circling around the prayer in our life, Lord. Let us lay it down at your feet and bring it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.